Welcome back, everybody, to the eighth episode of Season 1 Everything Horror Podcast. I am your host, Paul Dosky, joined by my co-host, Tessa, and wait for it, everybody. But uh, we have another special guest-ish, which I will get to a special announcement after this drum roll. Because it's very... Oh, yes. That's right. A drum roll. For the new co-host, Crystal, a.k.a. Crystal LaBelle from Twitch. She is no oh, longer... Which she is no longer considered a guest. Because she's been on here way too much to not even be called a guest anymore. <laughs> she's joined the inner circle. She has the- joined the inner circle of becoming oh, the next co-host. Inner Sanctum, there we go. Yeah, that's, yeah. So... I feel so honored. You should be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, should be. You've been on almost every one of our podcasts. Except for maybe three or four now. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, last episode, you hosted it to interview us, so... It was a nice little turnabout. Yeah, but it was a nice little, uh... Change. Yeah, it was a nice way to break her in. Yeah. See how she, you know, how, how she can do it. Yeah. yeah. But she did Great. well. She did awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed oh, it. I was always nervous. I was going to sound like a duke when I did it. But. No, you did great. Yeah, you did awesome. Oh, we're very proud of you. Yeah. I would just cry. Oh, yay. Yay. I didn't even tell Tessa <laughs> this at all. I was just thinking about it. Well, I, if you weren't going to do it, I was going to recommend it. Well, then, see what happens when you have two great minds. Anyway, great minds uh, so, <laughs> since Crystal's the new co-host here, Crystal, can you please tell the listeners what we're gonna, what tonight's topic is called? Or well, for? tonight's topic is called The Witch, which is a really good movie That's that we're going to talk about and discuss. Right. Yeah, so tonight's episode is called The Witch, Evil Takes Many Forms. Um... I kind of, as you can see from the image when you do see this uh, podcast up, that I kind of just used the uh, image that already had Evil Take Many Forms and kind of just switched the image around a little bit. But we got some nice little surprises coming up, too. Um, so, let me ask you guys this. Um, when The Witch first came out, what would you guys thought on The Witch, like, when you first heard about it? Like, were you... Wanting to see it? Were you skeptical about it? Uh, let's hear your thoughts. Uh, Crystal, what, what, let's start with you. Well, I had no idea about it until we did um, the Sounds of Horror, the musical horror podcast, when uh, we were listening to different soundtracks from films and games, and you're the one that told me about it. You're like, well, the soundtrack is freaking awesome. And you're like, you need to watch this movie. It's really good. It's really good. And so, like, I was like, all right, I'll watch it. And I planned on watching it eventually. And then you're like, we're going to do a podcast on it. Watch it. So I was like, all right. So I finally watched it. That's what I found out about it. Nice. Uh, Tessa? When you uh, are done chewing up the num 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 <laughs> food. Um, my first thoughts on it when I heard about it. Which I had seen like little um 
previews of it here and there on Facebook. And I wasn't quite sure what to think of it. And um, my first time ever watching it was actually um, with you. And um, Yeah, I brought it over back when we first kind of started dating because I think I mentioned something like, hey, you ever seen The Witch or something? And you're like, no. And I'm like, really? You were just kind of, you did one of those, <gasps> like, really? <laughs> like, you just pretty much gave me, like, the how darest you look. <laughs> pretty much. Anyways, um, yeah, he brought it over, he brought it over to my house one night when I was still living well, in New York. Well, one weekend, to be yeah. technical. Yeah, one weekend when I was still living in New York, and we, we this is, like you said, at the beginning of when we were dating, and, um... I was sitting there, and I was watching it, and the music alone was just like, wow. Like, the soundtrack, it just grabbed you, and it sucked you in, and I was just like, I was like, ooh. And, um, like, just the whole movie just pretty much had me engrossed, because it's like, if you, like, walked away from it, or, like, stopped watching it for, like, a few moments you'd like miss like something really good happening like I don't want to get too much away because we're going to get into it but um it was really intense but it had this way of just like sucking you in and like entrancing you almost bewitching you in a way and um I just really love that because like, it's been a long time since I've actually seen a movie about witches or the concept of them. Of a covenant. Yeah. Of a covenant that actually did justice. <coughs> like, even even when we watched the behind the scenes, which Crystal, unfortunately, I don't think would have seen it yet until she gets the DVD, but... Um, when we were watching, like, even the questions and answers with Robert Eggers and uh, the cast. Anya. Yeah, Anya. Um, who played as Thomason. Thomason, yeah. Um, they were also greeted with three historical... Uh, yeah, historians. Historians from uh, Salem. Which they even said that this movie blew their mind. Because they've seen other po projects come and go, but... Others kind of, like, failed the idea from what I remember one of them saying. Like, they just, like, didn't really portray the witch as it should. <clears throat> and then as Robert Eggers came, they even were saying, like, who were you talking to <laughs> to give you, like, this incredible information about it and stuff to be, like, spot on for, like, the 1600s. So it was actually a nice little... Um, it definitely is a nice little mood. I remember watching the first trailer, and I'm just like, I'm going to love this film. I also want to mention one more thing about it that I really that I really loved before we get into the actual film. I love the symbolism that they used. Of certain things that you would see in this movie, they used different... Um, animals and different... Um, the word I'm looking for. Wow. Symbolism. And they used it, they used it actually very well. And if you actually 
know a lot about witches, this movie will actually make a lot more sense to you because you'll understand the symbolism and things like that. Their uh, their way of doing um. That they're witches among us. Yeah, witches among us type of. Well, uh, <clears throat> Robert Eggers did say um, that they took like real stories, real journals, real records, real life events, um, things like that, truth, factual things. Yeah, mixed with fairy tale stories. Yep. To yep. help bring it to life. But um, um, so soundtrack wise, yeah. So Crystal, when you were watching the movie. Uh, since you haven't actually heard all the soundtrack, really, until you kind of watched the movie, but in your words, how did you like the soundtrack? I loved it. Like, the soundtrack really set the mood for that movie. Like, it just, like, it is dream win. Like, just the different tones to it. Like, when the music, when they, when Sam gets taken, when a witch takes Sam, you know, even to the point at the very end, where well, I'm not going to say nothing, but, you know, you know, guys know at the end where she's walking. I mean, it's just, the, the music pulls you in. It's got such suspense to it that it kind of just leaves you. Like Seth said, you don't want to get up from it. <laughs> not only did the acting, like, was phenomenal, but music really, really set the tone for that movie. So, it was really good actually getting to hear the soundtrack being played out through the film and getting to watch the different scenes that the music goes to. Yeah, I agree. Um, Mark Corbin, if that's how you pronounce his name, um, he's the uh, composer that made the soundtrack, actually. So, um, if anybody wants the soundtrack, go on Amazon. It's like nine bucks. So, if not... Not that bad of a deal. And there's like 15 tracks on it. 15, 16 tracks. Um, it's definitely worth it. Especially if you enjoyed the movie as much as I did. <laughs> um, so yeah, so let's begin. So The Witch was a 2015 movie that got released on February 19, 2016. And then later released on DVD in uh, May. May 6th, I believe, somewhere around that neighborhood. Um, it was actually nominated for 55 awards, and the film won 27 awards out of the 55. Uh, the budget was like $3 million to make the film, and on through the box office, they made $40.5 million. Impressive. Dang, that is. And I don't know if you guys actually noticed or seen anything, but like when the movie came out, I've been watch. I like I said, I mean, I loved the movie so much that I kind of was curious to see how people reacted to such a well history historian type film. Is the way I look at it, and. Uh, because it wasn't really out there. The movie itself wasn't there to just spook you. Like, you know, give you jump scares and stuff. It was there to pretty much show you, like, the life of a struggling family back in the 1630s. And that was banished from their town. 
because apparently the um, the father William William he was too full of pride to give in to shot. the false belief yeah. of Christianity because they thought people there were fake Christians, so they got banished from the town. And um, I don't know if you guys actually caught on, but the governor was actually uh, Julian Richens. I, I said his name right. He's actually the guy, the actor who plays in Supernatural TV series as Death. Hmm. <clears throat> so I don't know if you guys knew that. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that. Yeah, if you actually look very closely... You can really tell it's him underneath the uh, mustache and beard right at the very beginning. Um, another thing that I found interesting, which I didn't actually notice, and it's kind of weird because I watched it, um, not recently, but I did watch the movie with you, but Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady who played Catherine, uh, Kate something, I can't remember her name right now, it's Kate something, ironic though, her character's name was Catherine, mm-hmm. but uh, Kate was actually in Prometheus as I've, Ford. Yeah, I do remember her in Prometheus. I, I forgot about that. I, I, guess I don't I, remember in Prometheus. She, she, she played as Ford in Prometheus, <coughs> which I'm trying to remember that too. Yeah, I'm trying to remember that, too. Um, but, yeah, that's another topic later on. But, um, so, yeah, so they got banished because the, William had a lot of pride. Um, so they set out on their two-wheel wagon with a horse to discover a plot of land. And as you guys saw it with the eerie music from Banished Music, um, they found their plot of land. And then they got on their knees and pretty much prayed and was like kind of like thanking the God for this plot of land. And then like a few months down the ri- uh, down the road, <clears throat> you see their nice little settlement that they've made. Did you mention what um, time period this is supposed to be in? 1630s. Yeah, 1630s New England. Yeah. Um... So, so yeah, so you got to see their new settlement that got built within, like, I don't know, maybe a year or so. It didn't really say how long it really took, but uh, we'll just say a year just for shits and giggles. But um, one thing that you kind of noticed right away is that William is trying to teach Caleb, the boy, um, how to hunt, uh how to take care of the animals and how to crop food, like corn-wise and stuff, like getting ready to harvest that so that way when the winter comes, they'll be able to hunt for their food because corn and stuff won't grow, so they got to find another way to eat. So, um, let's talk about the family. So the family is made up of William, who was the husband, Catherine, who was the wife, you got Thomasine, who is the oldest daughter, you got Caleb, who is the oldest son, you got Mercy and Jonas, who are known as the twins, Mm -hmm. one is the youngest daughter and the other is the youngest son. 
And then you got Sam, the newborn. So, who would like to discuss that about right before um, Sam got away? So, Catherine asks Thomason to take Sam and go outside with him, I guess. And uh, she takes him out. Uh, so Thomason takes Sam out to the uh, out to the tree line. We'll just say, and she's uh, she lays him on the ground on, a, on his little red blanket, and she's playing peekaboo with him. And uh, she she goes to go, you know, peekaboo and take her hands away from her eyes, and he's gone, gone. Like, no sign, no signs of struggle, like, no sounds whatsoever made, just gone. So, um, Crypto, then what happens? So, after Sam gets taken, like, the mother just gets, like, distraught. Catherine just gets, like... You know, she doesn't want to get out of bed. She's crying. She's weeping. And it, um, Thomason is trying to take care of the twins and watch the twins of the mother while Caleb and William have been searching for Sam. They all think that Sam has been taken by a wolf, which uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, at one point they talk about how if it was a wolf that had attacked him, the wolf would attack, you know, Attacked again, but it hadn't. Yep. So the family starts to kind of go into shambles a little bit after Samuel's taken. They're all kind of on edge and frayed. And um, they actually, the young twins actually start talking about a witch has taken Sam. And which that leads into a whole other mess of problems. I don't want to go too far. Um, and poor, poor Sam, the baby actually, uh, gets killed in the sacrifice with the witch. Yeah. Um, you see a scene where the babe is naked and the witch, you don't see her kill the baby, but you see her touch on the baby and then her grinding something up and a big stone and she's rubbing this bloody pulp all over her. Which I'm assuming it's a mortal and pestle, which is used it to grind up herbs and other ingredients that they would use for their craft. Um, she she uh, made this pulp, which was supposed to be a um, flying anointment oil or balm, for lack of a better word, that. Um, was to make her fly, essentially, and she rubbed it all over her broom, too, to kind of, like, bless it. And, um, she's seen, um, riding off into the sky on a, on the broom. Yep, so then after, um... William and Caleb, well, especially William, decided that they need to stop the search because it's just been too long. They haven't been able to uh, 
find Sam, so they figured that if the wolf hadn't taken him, then the hunger would have gotten to Sam by now. Um, but, I just, before I get too far too, since we're on the topic of the witch taking Sam, but, what did your guys' just thoughts on how you think the witch took Sam? Like how she took Sam right out from underneath yes. Thomason's nose? Yes. What do you guys think of that? Or what are your guys' theory, I should say? Like, you think, like, he, she, like, did, like, a disappearing act type thing? Or you think that she kind of teleported him? What do you guys think? It could have, honestly, it could have gone either way. She could have done, like, a spell to, like, I don't know, like, call him to her, like, manifest him. Um, she could have done something like, she could have just, you know, gone up, like, snuck in, like, real quick while, you know, Thomason's eyes were covered and just snatched them and then went poof. I mean, there's quite a few things that could have happened for, you know, her way of how she could have taken them. <coughs> That's that's just the thing about the movie. You don't, it doesn't really show you. You don't really know, so it leaves you to wonder, like, hmm, how did she get him that quick without Thomason no, Thomason noticing? No, you know, no sounds, no crying, no nothing, and just vanished with him. Because. I was even curious as to how she actually got him, and I had, I know I had that thought rolling through my mind. What about you, Crystal? Well, it really shocked me because, I mean, and I'm not going to lie, I don't know, like, a lot about, like, real witchcraft and things like that. I mean, I know some, but not a lot. Like, my whole thing was maybe she had maybe through witch Thomason to where... You know, she couldn't hear it coming up or made it to where, see, I, I, it sounds crazy, but, like, men can time stand still. So when, like, she had her eyes covered, the witch could have came, snagged the baby, and when she left, time restarted again, you know. So, I mean, I thought maybe she may somehow, like, bewitched her to where she just didn't see her. Or, like y'all said, she teleported real quick and then got back to the tree line and ran off. Because Thompson does see the trees move when she's looking for Sam. So, I, I, it was, I just, it was really strange. Like, I was like, that's really quick. She was sneaky about it, I know that. Yes. Yeah, I can't, I keep picking my brain on that part, too, just because I keep wanting to think how the witch could have done it, but... Of course, I know with most stories, they don't really tell you at all, like, what, how they do it, so you just kind of, I, I kind of like that idea, too, because it makes up your own theory, like, well, maybe she threw, threw in on her broom and carried him away that way, but then you would have heard crying, so then it kind of goes with, like, what you guys said, kind of like, be with, maybe uh, time stopped for a minute so she could snatch him and then, like, restarted the time or something, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to really tell. But, um, 
But yeah, we'll we'll carry on now. Uh, so William, at this point in time, uh, after they stop searching, uh, William is trying to teach uh, Caleb how to trap and shoot. So you know, they're in the woods, which um, later on you're gonna find out that Catherine didn't even want Caleb in the woods. Yada yada yada, because she's afraid that he's gonna also be bewitched and everything else, and but. You know, they come across some trap where the bait is gone and nothing catch. And then they finally, well, they're finally about ready to go home. And then their dog, Fowler, uh, starts bar- barking. And, you know, William just like, what is it? And then they see the rabbit, the hare, in the woods. Um... William, you know, get prepared like any hunter would to take the shot. But this is also the 1630s, so you gotta actually put rope at the end of the gun and light it. Um, so it took some time, but during that time, you know, the rabbit just come, and then William goes to shoot. Completely, like, the gun backfires. Backfires. And the hair just kind of goes away like nothing ever happened. Uh, so, I guess my question is, what did you guys think of that part? With the whole, like, uh, William having a backfired of the gun and this mysterious hair in the woods. Um... I, like, I just felt like bad misfortune for him at first until, you know, the hair shows up later on uh, in the film. Uh, when she didn't, when uh, Thomasine is uh, trying to bed in the uh, goat and you see the hair again. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't really, I didn't think too much about the hair at first. I thought, well, this, you know, these people are just having really bad luck. This dude's gun backfired on them. They're just having a shitty time right now. I mean, it was kind of weird that the rabbit stood there just that calm. Like, it wasn't even scared the dog. Like, normal rabbits, yeah, they get, like, they lock up, but that rabbit was just like, hey, I'm a rabbit. What's going on? <laughs> so it just kind of hung out there and wasn't really scared of them. So, but, like, when I saw it the second time, I was like, okay, I had my ideas of what the hair was, but... I don't know if it's if I'm right or not, but I think I knew what the hair was. I don't think it's actually a rabbit, but that way. Yeah, I came to the conclusion that it's not a rabbit. It has some it's a, it's a familiar. It's a hair, um, a familiar. Um, certain um, certain animals are depicted as witches' familiars. Um, Black cats, rats, snakes, hares, whatever. So. How about uh, ravens and what was yep, the other one? Ravens, wolves. And I don't think toads. Goats would be one. I don't think goats would be one. Goats wouldn't be one, right? Yeah, goats are capable of being one, yes. Well, in this case, it's not, but we'll get to uh, that in a minute. Goat is more or less a depiction of something else. Yes, we're, we're, we're going to get to. Yes. 
But yeah, I mean, I remember seeing the movie at first in theaters, um, and I just noticed this strange hair, and I'm just like, kind of like what Crypto was saying, like, he is completely calm with this dog barking at him. And then when the gun misfired, I kind of went, ah, tricky, tricky. Just because I kind of figured, like, this hair had, like, some sort of protection spell. So, like, if somebody were to try to shoot it, it's going to backfire, which it kind of did with Williams. So, it'll be interesting if if something along the lines of that was the case. But, yeah, so, you know... Let's talk about the uh, weird-ass stuff that goes on when um, Thomasine and Caleb are told to kind of go wash the clothes. Even before then, like, you kind of notice there's something weird going on between Caleb and Thomasine. Um, I noticed um, throughout different points of the movie, you would catch... Um, you would catch Caleb looking at Thomason, like, in a way that a brother shouldn't look at his sister, let's just say. Um, like, he was watching her sleep, noticed that part of her, her cleavage of her breast was showing, he was staring, um, another time, um... What was it? Down by, um... The, the pond. Down by the brook. She's sitting on the ground. Her dress is hiked up. You can see, like, her stockings and stuff. And you, and her dress is, like, um, loosened up at the top so you can see her cleavage again. And he's staring again. Obviously, like I said, not in a way a brother should look at his sister. So, like... Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, like, why do you think Caleb would be looking at his sister like that, I guess? Like, why would you think some, like, a kid would do that? Be, I, I don't know why a kid would do that. I know why a boy would do that, because it, it's like, it's like human nature. Like, um, they, they pretty much all got banished from town. And they're all out in, like, the middle of, like, Boomiesville, for lack of a better word. And, you know, Thomason's coming into age, you know, she's blooming or whatever. And her brother is noticing, and he, and it's not a, it's not a good kind of notice. (laughs) Um, it's just, I, it's just... I don't think it should be a way that you should look at, like, your your sister, you know, just like I wouldn't want, like, a sister to look at her brother that way kind of deal. It's just something you just don't, don't do. do. But, but it did happen in this movie, and it happened quite frequently, and, um, it, it's just one of those things that I was just kind of like, uh, I was like, is he really looking at her like that? I mean, that's that's like how you look at me, babe. Sometimes. Oh, thanks. <laughs> no, I don't mean like a brother would to a sister. I mean mm-hmm. that's. I mean. Yeah, okay. I'll just remember that later. No, I'm saying like 
the way that Caleb looks at Thomason is the way that you would, like, expect, like, a boyfriend or a girlfriend or a husband and a wife to look at each other. Not, like, a brother and a sister to look at each other. That's what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, Krista, what were your thoughts when you first noticed that uh, Caleb <laughs> was, like, staring at Thomasine? I was, it's one of the awkward situations, like, I was, like, sitting there eating ramen, and I was like, is he really staring at her, her cleavage? I go, I, I thought I was, like, thinking wrong, when I was like, no, he's actually watching her sleep, like, eyeballing her like that, and I'm like, okay, this is just a little weird, <laughs> and I was like, maybe it's just a one-time thing, and then down the, at, at the creek, it happened again, I'm like, you know, back in the day, I mean, there was a lot of, you know, inbreeding, I guess. Especially if they, I guess they moved out further from other people. And I guess, like yeah. you said, she's come of age, she's blooming, you know, and she's the only other female that there's to look at besides his mom. So I was just like... You know, and, and the thing is, she didn't say anything about it to him. She just let him stare at her like that. If, you know, my little brother decided to stare at me like that, I'd be like, hey, the hell is wrong with you? You know, watch your eyes. But she she was okay with it. Even, I mean, when, I know when she was asleep, she couldn't do nothing. But when she was awake, you know, she didn't say try to, like, reprimand her from staring at her like that. No, but so she did just, try to make him try to say it, though. As you kind of noticed at the uh, pond area, uh, she was, like, trying to get him to say, like, what's wrong? Like, what is he, like, you know, looking at kind of thing? But he was just kind of, like, shrugged and carried on. But she, yeah, but she should have said something. I agree, but I think she was trying to make him say it. So... And like and like and like Crystal says, like back back then in that time period, there was you know a lot of probably you know inbreeding or whatever, you know brothers and sisters, cousins, you know, old like daughters, you know, and older men and all sorts of other things, you know, younger younger women marrying older men and stuff like that and family members so you know i could i can understand where crystal's coming from in this but still no it's just, not right just no. no no so we're at the part now where crystal was kind of mentioning about the uh twin mentioning something about the witch seeing the witch so crystal since you were saying something about that, we'll give you the mic now about the twins talking about the witch in the woods. Well, first of all, the twins are brats. Oh my god, they're on my nerves <laughs> in the movie. Oh man, I felt bad for them at the end, but they were brats throughout the whole movie. Oh but, god, yeah. Um, Mercy, the uh, the youngest daughter, uh, uh, Caleb and Thomason are at the creek washing their dad's clothes. Uh, Mercy's over there, and well, I'm the witch of the woods, you know, I'm the witch of the woods, I'm gonna get my broom and fly and come get you, she's just taunting Thomason about a witch, and Thomason tries to reprimand her and tell her, you know, stop talking like that, you know, and that's when Mercy says something about a witch taking Sam, uh, and then she accuses Thomason of being a witch, 
to which Thompson gets fed up with it and actually plays along, saying, You're right. I am the witch, I'm of, the the witch woods. of the woods. And I signed she goes a book and receives and blah 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 and yeah. yeah. Then she proceeds to go attack Mercy, you know, and Caleb tries to break it up. Uh she does feel bad about it and uh tells Mercy she tells Mercy not to say anything about it to their mother. But Mercy ends up running back home and then she ends up telling Caleb to leave her alone and to go tell her parents of her wickedness that she was done, you know being into what her uh, sister was saying to her. So uh, that's when you start seeing, that's, I guess, really when the family, I mean, even when Sam got taken away, the family was starting to kind of crumble. But after this is really where it starts to fall into shambles, after she admits to being the witch and all that. Yeah, that's... Pretty much sums up that part. But, uh, yeah, since you kind of went on about that, I just figured that should be what you could talk about since you were starting to go that route. Um, so, the next part, which I kind of wrote this down just because um, it just felt like it was around the time, even though you kind of weren't about one thing later on. But, uh, they're at dinner... And at first, you know, they do their prayer and stuff. And then later on, uh, all four of the kids, the twins, Catherine and Caleb, are still awake, too. And, you know, the mother is crying over the fact that Sam has been sent to hell. And William trying to say that, no, he's... He went to heaven and everything else. And then it gets to the talk about Catherine is around, getting to the point to be sold to be a slave, pretty much. Just like every kid there, Caleb and the twin, when they get older, they're going to be sold as slaves so the mother and father can stay on the farm and carry on with their lives. Um, during... Number one parents right there. Yeah. Um, during the dinner, though, Catherine does ask about her silver cup, which, at this point in time, you kind of knew what happened. Because, if you guys remember the part with, uh, when William was with Caleb in the woods, he told... Caleb that, hey, um, look, your mother doesn't know this yet, but I'm trying to figure out a perfect time to say this, but I, uh, sold your mother's father's silver cup for food. So, uh, the Caleb, you know, promises not to say anything and stuff, and then during that dinner's time... You know, it's almost like Catherine is trying to gain up on Catherine, because... Gang up on Thomason. Or Thomason, I mean. And that's when William finally cuts in and said, Hey, you know, we'll worry about it later, kind of thing. But um, I just wanted to throw that out there. But you also start to notice, like, the food is starting to become rotten. Right before the goat's milk be turned to blood. But 
the goat blood, uh, like milk thing turned into blood. That's a little bit later on, but I just remembered that and I just jotted it down. But yeah, you kind of start to see their family right here even kind of start falling apart. And you can just see everything around them is starting to decay. And you kind of notice their face is starting to get lost too. Um, oh, so they were also taught, when they were talking about getting rid of the children to uh, different families, they were uh, mentioning two family names, the Tildens and the Y-Things, or Way-Things, however you pronounce that one, which I thought was interesting, because apparently they knew them because they were, like, friends with them or something, but I just thought that was interesting and weird at the same time. So, uh... Tessa, we're gonna have we're gonna have you talk about this part. So, and then if you want, uh, Crystal can help. But this is the part now when Caleb decides to wake up early to try to start hunting. So he wanted to be back before uh, dawn to help, um, you know, enlighten the mood. I guess we'll say. Okay, so Caleb goes and sneaks out to the barn. And preps the horse to set out to go out into the woods to hunt. But Thomason uh, discovers him out, out in the barn trying to leave. And proceeds to, proceeds to, you know, pick his brain. Be like, well, where are you going? You know, tell me, tell me or else I'll wake, uh, I'll wake mother and father. He threat- she threatens him. She's like, tell me or I will wake them, you know, or, and you have to take me with you or I will wake them. And, um, so he, um, he gives in and he lets Thomason come along and they go into the woods and, um, they're checking traps for food and picking up, um, rabbits and stuff. And they come across the um, the infamous hare that was spoken of earlier when um, Caleb and William were in the woods, and they tried to and William tried to shoot on the hare, and it backfired. Um, so this is the same hare, and Fowler goes chasing after the hare, and the hare before it bolts off, it actually the horse that Thomason is sitting on is spooked by this hair and and freaked out by it and so the horse starts going at it, going crazy and Fowler goes running off after the hair and Caleb goes running off after Fowler and um, Thomason falls off the horse Thomason falls off the horse and she's knocked unconscious um and, uh, uh, Caleb's looking for Fowler and discovers, um, Fowler by he- hearing his whimp- his whines and his whimpering and discovers that he's, um, he's ripped, that Fowler's ripped open and, um, you can see his guts and organs and all that 
lovely stuff. And um, Which I think Crystal had something to say about that part. Poor Fowler. That poor puppy. That was like one of the worst parts of the movie was when I saw the poor puppy like gutted. I was like, no, not the dog. Anyone but the dog. It's like, what the dog do to you? I upset. <laughs> yeah, that poor thing. He was just, he was just doing his job. You didn't have to kill him. You could have let him go. So. They sent him home. <laughs> <laughs> so, Caleb, Caleb, after discovering Fowler, Caleb proceeds to start calling out for Thomason because he's obviously lost and he can't find his way back to Thomason, which Thomason is not unconscious at this point and cannot answer Caleb. So Caleb's wandering through the woods and, you know, all, like, petrified and everything, which I would expect because he's a kid lost in, you know, lost in the woods. And he happens upon uh, the moss-covered hobbit um, of the witch, which has smoke coming out of the chimney and everything else. And then, and then as you're watching the front door of this hobbit, it slowly starts to open until, like, this really beautiful woman emerges. And she just, like, she, like, she's just radiating, like, this, this, like, sexual energy. And it's, like, almost, like, flirtatious. Like, she's, like, got, like, the come-hither look to her. And, um... She's got her, you know, her breasts all propped up and everything, exposing a little leg, you know. And this, and Caleb's just standing there, like... Drawn to her. Drawn to her, but also terrified at the same time. It's like he's, it's like he's so, like, scared of her, but he's just so, like, he's being, like, sucked in. And, like... He goes right up to her, and she reaches out for him, and she grabs a hold of his face, and she kisses him on the lips, and then all you see is, like, this, like, old, like, hag arm just grab a hold of him. From behind. From behind, and after that, he disappears. Yeah. So, um, Crypto, uh, so... Do you remember what happened when uh, Thomasine finally wakes up and William is searching for Caleb and Thomasine? Do you remember that part? Um, I, I do. I'm trying to think. I know when Thomasine wakes up, she's by herself. Yep. And I know she goes looking for Caleb. She's, you know, and she's searching the woods, I think, and I, I know she hears William yell for her. And yep. she goes running back. She's like she was closer to the, the, the front of the forest for some reason. Because she it wasn't that far that she had to run before she was running back through the valley back to her dad. Yep. Oh. Yeah, so then uh, William f- catches up with Thomasine. And uh, Thomasine brings her back to the, uh, to the house. And that's when, like, you know, Catherine is... Uh, Trying to figure out why she went into the woods with Caleb and Caleb, I mean, and uh, Thomasine won't promise not to say anything. 
And, um, you know. She brings she, up the cup again or something, and that's when William admits that he stole the cup. Well. Because I remember she asked Catherine about being in her favor or something like that. She's like, I want to find, she's like, let me find favor in your eyes. If you want me to believe in you, yeah, let me find favor in your eyes. And then, uh, she does bring up the cup because to Catherine, um, she's like the last one to actually see the cup, according to Catherine. But, um, William now speaks up and says, um, no, I actually sold it. And that kind of, like, like, make Catherine rethink things, like, what the hell's going on here, kind of thing. And, um... She dicks William in the face. Yes, she... Like, she, socks him super good. Yep. Um... Well, she's irate pissed off by this point, so, I mean, I don't blame her. Oh, yeah, she's had enough. I don't either. I, I would have probably decked somebody, too. Yep. And then, during the, um, this is the kind of one part that I found kind of weird, but during this next scene, like, it's almost bedtime, and, um, right, this is right before, uh, you know, uh, they go to sleep for the night, even though they kind of don't want to look for Caleb. Well, William does. William wants to go, so he can, he's trying to actually go to, back to the town. He's trying to find anything that's worth taking to try to bring people back with him to start looking for Caleb and this witch and wolf or whatever the next day. Um, which, if you guys notice, right at this whole time, you notice that Catherine is treating Thomasine like almost kind of bad. Like almost like a slave. Like not even like a daughter. And then this point in time after William admits selling the cup. It kind of like releases some stress I should say. Because Thomasine then asks Catherine if, um, if she can go and bed the ghosts. With Catherine's like, come here. And then like, you know, like, thank you kind of thing. And then Catherine, and then uh, Thomasine goes off to bed the goat. Which in this case, does Crystal remember this part? When uh, Thomasine goes to bed the goat this time? Is this when they talk to Black Phillip? The twins are telling her that Black Phillip calls her a witch. Not yet. But this is the part uh, where... Um, as she's outside, she sees the hair in the, uh, thing, but then she also stumbles upon Caleb. You know, I, for some reason, I got up, and I missed the part. Like, when I came back, I think I went to put my cup in the sink. I don't, I didn't see the part where they found Caleb. I just saw that, like, when they brought him into the house. I think I turned, and that's what they were saying earlier. You get up. And you don't watch the whole movie, you're going to miss something. Like I, I didn't see when they found Caleb. I just saw they brought Caleb into the house. Yeah. Okay. So, so I was like, they kind of. I was like, where the hell did Caleb come from? Okay. Yeah. So 
Heather will tell you what happened then. So Thomason's in and she's soothing she's soothing the goats, trying to get them to sleep, and then like Paul says, she notices the hair. She goes outside to investigate and she finds Caleb completely bucket ass naked, shivering and soaking wet from the rain, and completely like delusional and hysterics, like out of his fucking mind. And he collapses in Thomason's arms and she starts calling out for her parents, you know, you know, help me, you know. He, he's here, blah, blah, blah. And they take him, they, that's where they, they come out and they take him in the house and they take him up to the attic or as it seems to be known, the kids' room or whatever. Yeah, and this is, I'm assuming daylight, unless, um... Nighttime. It was nighttime nighttime and it was I know that, but I mean... Up in the attic, I think it was daytime, because there was light in the window. So, Crystal should know this part then, since she mentioned uh, Cablewood back. So, at this point, like, you're talking about him being sick, and, uh... They actually, I guess back in the day, to, like, get a fever illness, they would, you know, use leeches and things like that. So they actually slice the side of his head to uh drain the blood. Because like I said they think he's ill. There's nothing wrong with him. So uh they're they're draining the you know, trying to uh help Caleb but uh like while Caleb's in the attic, like I was saying earlier, Black Phillip is the uh the goat? Yep. That uh the they have keep talking, yeah. Talking to Black Philip. Yep. So um uh Thomason the twins are actually in the goat pen, and Thomason's trying to milk the female goat, and the twins Mercy and Jonas, you know, tell them that Black. We've been talking to Black Philip, and he he says that you're a witch. You bewitched Caleb. Uh, and, you know, of course she's denying it and stuff, and the, the kids are saying that the parents are going to find out eventually that she's a witch. And as she tries to milk the goats, blood shoots out. And she squeezes again, and more blood shoots out. And Thomason kicks the bucket over, terrified, and the twins are just staring at her, you know, confused as to why she kicked the bucket over. And as she kicks it over, you see the blood kind of pouring out of the bucket that she was trying to milk the goat with. Yep. So then that kind of leads into um, when they go up to try to take care of Caleb after he was found that night. Um, You know, Caleb was all tucked in. He got his head drained a little bit so he could, like... Possibly get, uh, I'm assuming they did that so they could get some of the, like, delusional poison shit out of him kind of thing. I forget the technical wording of that, but, um, it's, it's kind of like, like, if your head feels swollen, it's almost like you cut your head on that to release some of the swollen kind of thing. So I'm assuming that's, like, what they did, were doing with Caleb. But, um, so... Yeah, so at this point in time, Caleb is back home, 
up in the kids' attic of their room, and he is spazzing really, really bad from violent seizures. And at this point in time, Catherine is trying to figure out what's going on, and then she finally has the conclusion that it's got to be witchcraft, and she starts praying. Um, I don't know if you guys, and if you guys want to take over this part about Caleb's um, demise, but you guys are more than welcome to. So, they they all like they start praying, and during it, the the twins start to to fade out of prayer, and the mother. And Thomason are trying to get after the the twins, you know, pray, you need to pray. And the twins are like, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot my prayer. I forgot how to pray, you know. And then they start like screaming and saying, you know, like, like freaking out and like flailing to the ground and like kicking their feet, like. Like, like this is all Thomason's fault because Thomason just like cucked them too, kind of thing. Yeah, so they're like, they're like, stop it, stop it, please stop, 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 and all the while Caleb is starting to is like screaming and then he becomes silent and then he becomes eerily silent because his mother Catherine starts to notice that his mouth has been like shut. Like, it like got, it's sealed shut. Yeah. Which Crypto should know this part. We'll, we'll take the story to her now. So they actually uh, start trying to pry his jaws open with a knife. And I think they eventually do. They get his mouth open. Um and then he starts, poor Caleb starts agonizing about his guts. His guts, you know, his innards and stuff. And he starts puking up something. Something's coming out of his mouth. And it's an apple. Which, in, at one point in the film, Caleb tells his mother a lie about while they went to the woods while with his dad that he saw apple trees. And lo and behold, what he pukes up is a rotten apple. With one bite taken out of it. With one bite taken out of it. And then he kind of lays back. And I think he starts screaming a few more things about the good Lord kiss me on my lips or something. Well, and before, finally... Before that, oh, he, go ahead. I was going to say, before that, he kind of starts saying something about like, a broad axe to her head, and then like a axe to her head, and then a broad axe to her head, and then an axe to the head, and then as you were saying, then he finally like, like he's almost like heaven white is like hitting his body or something, and then he starts saying, "My Lord, kiss me with the lips and um, send me up to thy light and stuff like that." Send me up to thy lap. Yeah. And then Caleb is no more. That was his last words. He pretty much... He does... He does, like, slowly go back to his land position, though, before he finally takes his last breath, though. 
Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Poor Caleb. You guys feel bad for him. Like, that poor kid, I felt so bad for him. Like, he just was trying to do right. Even with his, like, ancestral fantasies, I guess. Yeah. And then after Caleb's death, William, um, or is it, no, this is before, this is before they even start praying, but William, like, bring Thomas in aside and says, get down on your knees, because he didn't raise, like, a witch in the family, and she has to look at William in the eye while confessing, like, she is not a witch, she's not bewitching, and, like, everything else, which she all said, yes, she's not, she's not a witch and all that stuff. But at the very end, yeah, um, and then at the very end, when Kayla finally died, that's when William kind of loses his shit, because the next thing that happens is he takes, after, well, after Thompson revealed that the twins had been chatting with Black Phillip and stuff like that, that's when William finally decides, like, okay, enough is enough. Uh, so, he brings uh, Thomasine outside to chat with her about how the farm's gonna be in, like, another year with, like, a milk go a milk cow, this tree that, uh, had gotten bigger since they arrived, and then, like, you know, Caleb once again, I mean, William once again asked Thomasine about the truth, like, like, because... William was going to go back the next day to go against the uh, judge. And he was going to say something about the whole witch in the wood thing. But then uh, the twin got mentioned again about talking to Black Philip, which is the black goat, on their farm. Which pretty much after... Uh, Thomasine tells William what's been going on. That's when William brings Thomasine in, where Catherine is now trying to work on their Caleb dead body to get it ready for uh, burial. And the twins are pretty much, like, out cold or something, like, laying on a bed. And then uh, that's when William is trying to get Thomasine to tell Catherine what he told what she told him outside, which is that uh, the twins have been talking to Black Phillip. And at this point in time, William is getting more angry to the point where, like, he wants the twins to wake up because he wants to know if the twins made a deal with the goat to be bewitching the farm. Which leads to something else, if Anybody want to take over this? After finally the twins wake up and the, uh, and Thomasine is still there, something else happens. This is when William is angry. Cause, cause this is the part where it's gonna start getting ready to, uh, where William is gonna go the next day to get help and, like, bring Catherine to, um, to be a, pretty much to be bought. Just like the twins were going to be bought off from what I got. I know he puts, he puts the kids and Thomason in the, in the goat pen and boards them up in there. 
Yes. I do know that. I mean, yeah, that's the part I'm talking about. Yep. You're getting at? Yep. Yep. So, later that night, <laughs> which, you know, uh, at this point in time, uh, Thomas Jean is trying to ask if the twins are saying, if uh, Black Phillip is saying anything to them, which it doesn't seem like it. He's, which in this case, in this point, you can actually kind of see, like, the goat itself is just, like, just chilling there, relaxing, like, <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah. But then... I'm a goat, that's nothing else. Yeah, I'm a goat, nothing else, nothing to see here. And then, uh, so, Krista, what how, what happened during the night? During, at the goat Oh, my God. <laughs> so, um... During the night, uh, the twins and Thompson are locked up in the goat pen, and they hear this loud thud hit the top of the pen. And then something slides off the top of the pen and starts walking around. Well, while that's happening outside, inside, the mom and dad are asleep, William and Catherine are asleep, uh, and then Catherine notices that Caleb and Samuel are sitting in a chair and she's just so happy and excited. She goes and, you know, up to her two children that she thought she had lost. And I want to say Caleb tells her that they have a carriage or they have something for her. It's and he's book. whispering uh-huh. this. He's a really book. talking. They want yeah, a book. Okay. That's yeah, they want, the, they want the mother to sign the book. Well, she, I know she was like, I guess because she agrees to sign it, but she's like, before someone's hungry, because Samuel starts to kind of whine. So she undoes her little blouse and goes to feed him. Well, while she's feeding Samuel, shit's going down outside. Um, that's when something comes crashing into the pen with the kids. Now, Thomason's actually asleep. But the twins are still awake and they hear it. So as as the witch comes crashing through the goat pen, the, the twins start screaming, and it wakes Thomason up, and she realizes what's happened. She starts to scream, and as it that's happening, they go back to the mother, who you think's feeding her child, but it's actually a fucking crow picking at her nipple, eating her the flesh off her nipple. Yep. Fun stuff, everybody. That's that's a party for our night. But before, let's go back a little bit. So let's go back to the goat pen. And um, before uh, Thompson and the twins actually scream, they notice the naked old lady is, like, doing something with the white goat. I think she's eating it. That's right. I think she's eating the goat or something. I think, I think she's, like, drinking the, uh, quote-unquote, like, goat blood or something, like, that got spilt in the, uh, in the bucket or something. It was just weird. Yeah. It was, it was she was, like, crouched there. Yes. But, uh, hon, you were gonna say something? You were kind of saying something? Am I right? No? Who? Me? No. I'll no, be, I'll, I'll no Tessa. No, Tessa. I, meant. Oh. I think I think Tessa was going to say something, but I don't think she is. 
You guys already said it. Okay. She was going to say something, though. But, yeah, so, um, yeah, all that shit goes down. So, pretty much, it's like a, like a dream, like a w- bad fucking vision of the mother, um, thinking the two kids that she just lost are still alive. And, I don't know, I just felt like that was a cool scene, but I also feel like, shouldn't the mother have realized she, like, the two kids are actually dead? <laughs> and I don't... think she was just in such a delusional state from exhaustion, because she hadn't been sleeping. Yeah, she hadn't been like sleeping. Hell, but I think it just messed with her mind, and she was just unraveling mentally. Which... You guys probably noticed this too, but um, when Caleb was talking to the mother in the uh, delusional vision, he, when he was talking, he was actually whispering. I don't know if you guys. Yeah, he wasn't used, like yeah, he was whispering. He wasn't really speaking to her. No, but he had like that dark voice too. He had which, like a dark whisper, like kind of like um. I don't want to. I don't want to give it. I don't want to give too much away because it kind of. We're not there yet, but who he kind of sounds like or is portraying, more or less. Yeah. I don't want to reveal too much. Yet. Yeah, it's pretty much that figure, though. It's pretty much that figure trying to get the mother to sign the book, which I found was kind of interesting. That he was even trying to go after the mother to sign the book, which I get to him, she refused it. And that's why the crow or raven was pretty much peck, pecking at the uh, nipple. So the next day, when William finally wakes up, and, you know, Catherine is even like awake too, and you definitely see the bloody area where... Uh, the raven or crow had been pecking. And then William finally gets outside. And then he looks over at the goat bin and just stares. And he walks over a little bit more. And then that's when you see the goats have been skinned. And, like, killed. Dismembered. Dismembered. Uh, the twins are now missing. Um, the bin itself is just destroyed. Like, it is just completely, like, not what it was. Looks like a tornado went through. Pretty much like a tornado went through within the night. And, but it only took out the gold bin. At this point in time, William was trying to do, uh, I think, about to say something to Thomasine, because Thomasine is finally about, is finally kind of waking up. And then Thomasine actually then sees William get uh, rammed by Black Phillip, the goat. Entailed by the horns. And then, once again, you know, well, I should back up for a minute. Before 
what I before all this during the night when the when the twins and Thomasine were in the goat bin. And this is during the nighttime when it was raining still. William was outside cutting wood, and then he stopped, and he confessed that it must be his fault, and that to do do away with him as he as you please, pretty much is what he's trying to is what he's saying. He just pretty much has kind of like given up. He just wants to just be ended, and he doesn't care how. So I think when. Black Phillip finally rams William, I think, in this point in time, when he's trying to grab the axe again, or the wood splitter, yeah, the wood axe, I think he finally realizes, like, this is his demise, this is what he gets from asking to, uh, do with him as you please kind of thing. So then... It's like, oh, you got what you asked for. Pretty much. Which, um... Krista, what did you think of this part when William died by uh, getting knocked for the second time to hit the pile of chopped wood to tumble upon him before, you know, Blackfield walked away after he noticed that William is uh, dead? Like, I was kind of shocked, like, because, I mean, I know when they showed the pen with the goats, you didn't see Black Phillip's body, so I didn't know where he had went, and and I remember, I think Kim and Thomasine are arguing or something, I think right before he gets stuck, if I'm not mistaken. Because I know Thomasine's getting up out of the pen. He's starting to wake up. And I think he's talking to her. And next thing I know, Black Phillip just turns his head to the side and goes, down, right into, into the kidney. Yep. And I was like, oh, man. Are you serious? And, he, and of course, they tussle for a minute. And then when Black Phillip rams him into the wood pile and just spills all the wood on him, I was like, this poor bastard, he has just had the shittiest luck. Like, I mean, he did ask for it, though. Like Tessa said, I mean, be careful what you wish for, because you might just get it. And, I mean, he got what he asked for. I don't know if that's how he wanted to go, but he got what he wanted. And then, you know, Black Phillip's like, hey, I'm a goat. I'm going to go do goat stuff. <laughs> ah, yeah, something like that. So then at this point <laughs> in time, Catherine then comes out. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh Who boy. wants to tell the story of Catherine? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Krista, want to continue this story? <laughs> uh, I, I can. All right, Krista, well, since you're the new co-host, <laughs> you might as well. Whoa. <laughs> Another co-host. Not my replacement. He's not your replacement, but it is. Oh, of course. I hope not. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not, but she's our other co-host. But anyways, go on, hon. Oh, so, Catherine comes out, and... If you thought William had lost his shit, she, she has, like, there, you can just see in her face that there's just nothing left in her. Like, she's just, she's gone deranged. Um, you know, she starts yelling at Thomas and, you know, telling her, this is your fault, you know, they start to fight. Uh, 
she actually starts beating on Thomas, and as Thompson is trying to like explain to her and calm her down, and uh, at one point, oh God, we forgot the fire! 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 fire. That well, our smoke alarm's just really sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is very well sensitive. So sorry for anybody ear for that like two seconds. There's actually one point where Catherine puts her head against Thomas and like you know just in grief, and then she just starts wailing on her. And he gets her onto the ground and she's still fighting with Thomason, and Thomason ends up grabbing a knife uh, that's a on the ground. Hook. It's a bill hook. It's a what? Oh, a bill hook. Uh, but, um, grabs it and I'm going to pause it for right there for a second. But, yeah, uh, Kat, I was going to say this before the fire alarm went off. But, uh, uh, Catherine was yelling at Thomasine because she is now blaming Thomasine for the twins being gone now and killing... Pretty much, yeah. She pretty much now thinks that it's because of Thomasine. Thomasine is now the witch. Because she's taken out Sam at first, because she was the last one to see Sam. Uh, Caleb, because, you know, they thought she'd be with them. Then the twins are gone, which, that's another freaking theory that we can all say. Which we probably couldn't know what probably happened. But, yeah, so, and then the last one is William, her husband. But, please continue, Crystal. So, yeah, she gets... I know at one point... Yeah, she gets the bill Well, hook. I know at one... Yeah, she gets the bell hook and hits him with it. Uh, but I was going to say, at one point, uh, when she is blaming Thomason for the murder, she's trying to deny it, and she says, how can you deny it? Their blood are on your hands. Yes. Because and the uh, blood came from the goat bin somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So um, while she, while she's got the bill hook, she hits another the first time, and like it shocks the both of them because, like I guess Thompson went to do it out of reaction, you know, fight or flight. She hit her out of you know just defense, protect herself, and then her mother's looking at her. This big old cut across her face, and like she's just staring at her, and then the blood just starts pouring down. And I think she yells, and she starts trying to attack her some more. She's trying to strangle and poor her. Poor Tom. Yeah, she tries to strangle her, and while she strangles her, Thomas just starts slicing her over and over again with the bell hook until she finally kills her mother. And her mother just slumps over on top of her, and uh. Thomas, you know, lays her from it crying, and she finally pushes her mother off of her, and, uh, she, uh, ends up going back to the house, uh, taking off her bloody clothes, and, well, first she puts, I think, Black, Black Phillip back into the pen. She makes sure he's back in the pen, and then she goes back in the house, and she undresses, puts a blanket on herself. And just falls asleep for a little while, takes a nap. You know, after all that, it's time to take a nap. You know, so she falls asleep and stays asleep until nightfall, and something wakes her up, and she ends up going back to the goat pen, 
The Black Phillip. Yeah, it's almost Which, like Black Phillip would like almost calling her to wake up. Kind calling of her. Yeah. So it's just like like an England noise. I conjure thee to speak to me as you did the twins. Yep. And at first, she, I guess she realizes she's going crazy because, okay, he's not saying anything. So she goes to turn around, and that's when Black Philip asks what she wants of him. And it's just an ominous, whispering voice, which we, I'm sure you can often tell who Black Philip actually is. So he asked her, you know, do you want to stay young? Do you want to see the world? Do you want to travel? Do you want a pretty dress? Do you want to live deliciously? And of course, she agrees to all this. Sign the book. And so you sign the book. She's like, I don't know how to write. And at this point in time, Black Phillip is no longer a goat. He is this man that you really don't see. He's more of a silhouette. But he comes up by her real sensual like and whispers in her, you know, gets close to him with, you know, I, I will help you write your name. Which? I will guide your hand. Yeah, I will guide your hand. And then we'll have this part be for Tessa, just because this would be her type of talk anyway. But um, before uh, we go into that, though, I just wanted to state after watching the question and answering on the uh, DVD... We found out that that costume for Satan, a.k.a. Black Phillip, when he, the handsomely uh, man, as uh, Robert Eager said. <laughs> um, what, what I find really funny is that Satan, the guy who plays Satan, or is um, what the most expensive costume of the movie, and you don't even see the costume. Like, you can't even oh, see man. him. Like, you can see him, but not as great, though, which I found to be interesting. Which, um, Crystal, you did happen to notice him walking behind Thomasine, right? Like, could you... I did. He was, like, circling earlier. Yeah. From what I could tell of him, he had, like, a mustache, and, uh, it looked like, I don't want to say a pilgrim hat. But he had, like, some fancy little hat on. Yeah, it's a fancy hat, and it has a special uh, name. And I'm... Like a cavalier. Yeah, like a cavalier. But that's almost all you can really see of him. There's not much of him you can actually see. Yeah, um... Yeah, like, uh, Chris and Paul say, you really don't get to see Satan, how he's depicted in this in this film... And we saw, Paul and I saw what his costume actually looks like in the Q&A. And we were like, holy shit, we wish we could have seen that in the film. Because it was just, it was gorgeous. Yeah. For a man costume, it was gorgeous. Yes. Anyways, um, all you really get to see of, of Satan in this movie in his, we'll just say, human form, for lack of a better term. Is his boot, his his boot with the spurs, his silhouette walking around behind Thomason. You see like bits of his face here and there. His hand upon her shoulder, 
after he tells her to disrobe, to strip down Skyclad, which is naked, for those of you that don't know what Skyclad means. Um, and, um, like Crystal says, he, he, he helps her sign the book, I'll Guide Your Hand. And then after this, you see, you see Thomason walking out towards the tree line with a full moon up in the sky. Walking out to the tree line of the woods, starts walking into the woods with Black Phillip, a.k.a. Satan, back in goat form, following her. And he, he, uh... He's leading her through the woods, and you get to this um, almost kind of clearing in the middle of the woods where there's a bonfire. And you see, I don't know, like 20 or so women naked dancing and chanting and, you know, like moving around this fire. And you see Black Philip up by the up by the, the bonfire with all these naked women, presumably other witches, and he's kind of looking at Thomason because she stops and she's watching, and he kind of looks over at her like like it's okay, come on, you know, join. And she eventually goes over and they all start laughing. And as they start laughing, they start levitating, like flying up into the air. And um, you start to notice Thomason, she's, she's starting to float too, and she starts laughing. And she really gets into it, and she's really laughing. And um, I'm assuming that it's her that's up in the air that it shows us. Above the trees, yeah. Above the trees I'm is, it is, is her. her. But... All of these witches are levitating up in the air, and that, that's where the movie stops. Or ends, essentially. Yep. That's pretty much what the end of the film, when you just see um, Thomasine levitating up above the trees. But... So, so Crystal, for somebody who hasn't seen it since you saw it the first time last night, what are your thoughts on it? Oh, it's like it, it's it's really good. It's a beautifully a beautifully done film. Like I said, the music score, the acting, it really puts you into that time frame and that era, and you really get involved. But it's a really fucked up movie. It really is. If you see all the little details of what they're playing at, it's really fucked up. Especially with incest and all that. The nipple biting of the crow. I'm just like, all right, hey. But it's it's real. It's beautifully done. I'm glad you told me to watch it. Uh, I recommend it. I mean, I. I I don't watch many witch films, but for a film that depicts 1600s in such a way that it's it's believable. I mean, it, I, I haven't seen movies besides like documentaries that pull this kind of stuff off to where you 
you can actually say, all right, yeah, this this is something I could believe. So I, I it's really good. Um, I'm going to mention something, too. Um, as Paul and I, we were watching the Q&A last night um, with the director and Anya, who played as Thomason and the historians. He even mentioned that this movie was not meant to reflect, like, Wiccans or contemporary witches. It was meant to show, like, or the white witches. It was meant to, like, depict the the darker side of witchcraft, not necessarily the good. It was reflecting upon the evil. The black magic. The black magic aspect. Which, if people don't know, there are there are good and bad witches out there. I, I can tell you that. You got your good witches, and you got your witches that practice black magic. Which clearly, this is black magic in this film. But wow. it also depicts um, the paranoia of that time. I mean, how the kids were, you know, acting like they were being bewitched and all that. That is what actually happened at the Salem Witch Trials. You know, people were pretend to be bewitched and get innocent people hung or burnt to the stake for claiming to be witches or drowned. So that's actually something that actually happened back in the day. Children, girls would do that. They would pretend to be bewitched and say they don't remember their prayers or fall to the ground in a seizure and then blame it on them and say they did it, they're a witch. And you can't defend yourself, so you get killed. Which, uh, since we're on the subject on, like, witches, I just need to point this show out because it's an amazing show. But you guys, I know we've seen it, Tessa, um, but Crystal, have you seen Salem, the, the TV show, Salem? I have not. Oh, I my God. Seen Salem. What? Oh, my God, you need to watch it. You need That's to watch amazing. it. You need to watch it, then. I keep hearing it's really good. It's so good. But and and the main theme song for for Salem Pound Me the Witch Drum is Cupid Carries a Gum by Marilyn Manson. Hallelujah. Oh, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Leave it to Marilyn Manson to do it too, boy. I love me some Marilyn Manson. Which I believe <laughs> I actually played that theme song on the Sound of Horror episode, I believe too. Mm-hmm. Sure did. I think you did. Yeah, according to Tessa, I did, which I believe I'm yep. pretty sure I did. Because I, I listened to it recently. I listened to that podcast yeah, recently. I didn't, I didn't want to miss that one either, just because it's a good show. Um, three seasons, I think. Three or four. I think we're waiting on the fourth one. I'm trying to remember now. Which we need to work that up after this podcast. But, uh, but yeah, um, the reason why I bring up that show, though, I know The Witch the film that we were just talking about is not taking place around Salem, but like what you were saying, Crystal, about the Salem witch trial. That I mean, the TV show Salem does a phenomenal job about what you're saying about kids trying to pretend being bewitching and like blaming their parents or their neighbors or somebody. I mean. That's just what the show is, because at some at one of the episodes, you get to see um, 
these people who have the person who is supposedly being, um, what's that word I'm looking for? Supposedly having like a be well, supposedly having like a be witch episode, we'll say. But she's in this like, like a leash thing, and she's going around town, and when she sees the person who's supposedly be with her, they're supposed to like point at the the witch, so that the witch can get put to trial, kind of thing. So that's why I wanted to bring that up since you mentioned. Uh, Salem. I believe her name in that in Salem as well was Mercy. I believe you're right. I believe you're right. But one but um, one awesome thing about the Salem show though is that Salem is actually taken has names taken from real records. So, like, the names in the show you see are actually real people back in the day that were, that have been recorded for, like, either witchery or whatever. Which, it's awesome. That's cool. Which is awesome, but this is after, um, Bridget, Bridget Bishop, too, because they do bring her name up. And those of you that do not know, but uh, Bridget Bishop was the first witch to be hanged in Salem. But, uh, so, like, what I say about the girls pretending to be bewitched, those, those, that's where it all started from. There was actually girls at her trial saying that she was bewitching them at her own trial. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it's a great show, just like it was a phenomenal movie, which uh, brings to something I wanted to talk about, which I did kind of mention in one episode. I don't remember which episode right now, so it's Crystal or Tessa, if you remember what episode that I talk about it, but it's, uh, I think it's actually in What the Fuck Horror, now that I really think about it, but um, this is one of the movies, though, where people went to see it, to get scared. They weren't in it for the story. They just wanted to get scared. So, I don't know. Like, it kind of like what I like what I asked you guys uh, the other night. Like, how do you guys feel about PG-13 to rated R film for horror? It's kind of like this saying, like, you think they would rather go to, like, what would I say, like, paranormal over the witch because the witch seemed more his, historical lesson rather than a movie that makes you get jump scared the crap out of. So it kind of it kind of makes me feel like that because I mean I remember when the witch came out I saw it I would try I even went on the Facebook page of the witch and I'm just like look if you're looking to get scared go watch some other pizza shit. Film. If you're looking for a story about a real struggling family type deal, then where you get to learn about witches, this is the film for you. I pretty much even said, like, if you're looking to get scared, don't bother. Because, like, it's not that type of scary. Like, it is, but it isn't. 
Like, if you're looking for jump scares, don't bother. Because there's really no jump scares in The Witch. But, um... Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, as you... As you uh, Tessa was kind of saying earlier about the whole, like... Um... Uh, the Witch's Familiars. In this movie, you definitely notice the rabbit at first. You notice Black Phillip, secondly, the black goat. And then you notice the raven. Which, in this case, um, the rabbit and the raven or crow. I want to say raven, but um, those must have been the Witch's Familiars, possibly. But then, now, more than I think about it, I wonder if the raven was more toward Satan, with a.k.a. Black Phillip. Just because his voice was definitely there when he was talking as uh, Caleb, trying to uh, trick the mother into signing the book. Which, I guess I could ask you guys this, so... Now that you guys know what the book was, which is pretty much what Thomasine um, signed. It was a contract. The contract. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think Satan wanted her to sign it because she'd been through, or because of her losses, so it would make her feel like, uh, even though she'd lost everything, she still, she still could live like a delicious life and can travel the world with a pretty dress. Are we talking about Thomason? Or are you talking about Catherine? Catherine. I think I think he more or less Like it's like it's Catherine were to sign would have signed the book rather than saying, um, hang on a minute, uh the baby's hungry. I think that um he wanted her to I think he wanted to wear her down enough, weaken her resolve and to the point where it turned her away from God. Which it kind of did. Because yeah, I... it did. And what I'm saying is I think he ultimately wanted her to sign the book as like an ultimate, like, ha-ha, like, to God. Like, you lost. Yeah. Like, I just uh, converted one of your guys over to me kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Crypto, do you have any thoughts on that? Like, if Catherine were to sign the book, was there anything added besides what Tessa was saying, or do you kind of agree with her? No, I pretty much agree with her, but I, the thing about the raven or, or the crow, I mean, whatever, it, whichever one you want to call it, uh, I think it was more of a punishment in a way. Like, because she didn't sign the book, she chose to feed the baby instead, and he I def- guess in a way that him. would... Yes. Yeah, she did. Yeah, him. and that was her punishment for it. That's how I looked at it. Yeah, because I mean, all right, I need to say this real quick too because I wrote this down. I really actually kind of what annoyed me the most about this movie, especially for someone like me with a hearing problem, the whispering in a theater. I hate. I hate whispers in a movie because for someone like me, I gotta have subtitles on for whispering because otherwise I can't really hear what's being said. Kind of like when Satan is talking to Thomasine near the end, 
like, I could make out bits and pieces of what he was saying. Like, I heard something, like, I remembered hearing uh, him saying something about, sign the book, and I'll guide your hand. But other than that, like, the whole travel the world, uh, to live deliciously, and wear a pretty good dress, I actually didn't know he said that until after the DVD came out, when I could actually re-watch the film in, with subtitles. But, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there real quick. But, no, um, so, yeah, so back to Catherine about not signing the book and stuff and, like, what Tessa was saying about, uh, losing face, which she did, because when Caleb died, Catherine was mentioning to William about a confession about a dream she once had with the Lord, how she felt so close to the Lord she felt such like such a profound passionate love for it for the lord and and how she um missed being in england yeah how she missed being in england and how um how like complete she felt when sam was here and she thought well i thought i could feel i have a confession to make i've been i've been Bitter towards you. I've been shrewd to you. I haven't shown you love as a wife should to a husband. And, um. <clears throat> well, that kind of falls under, like, her not showing love to the kids, even, especially promising. Well, I. Near the end, I, though. Have, I have my thoughts about that, honestly. I think that. I think that most. Almost throughout the entire movie. Catherine resented Thomason in a way. Like, she had such a resentment towards her, and she just, like, snubbed her. Ever since the, the situation with with um, Sam being lost or taken, and, you know, just how things just kept going. Like, she, like, it's almost she wanted to blame her at every turn. Like, she she blamed her for Sam. Sam. She blamed her blamed her for the cup. She blamed her for Caleb. She blamed her for William. She blamed her for the twins. Like she blamed her for everything that she could possibly blame her for. Like you know, she just had like this deep seated resentment towards Thomas, and she just pretty much had it out for her almost the entire film, except for like like one moment where she's just like. Where Thomason's just pretty much begging her, you know, like, let me find favor in your eyes. You know, she's, like, Thomason just wants so much for just once, just for her mother just to just love her. Just be a mother to her, instead of treating her like a slave. And believe her, too. Yeah, and believe her because when she says been... stuff. Neither one of her parents really believed her. Like, like, when... William was, you know, saying, you know, confess, you know, you know, speak truth from my lips, you know, let me hear truth from you, and, you know, Thomason was telling him the truth, and no matter how much she tried to tell him the truth, he wouldn't believe her, and, you know, that's, that's another thing that I noticed, neither one of her parents believed her, like, they questioned her. And they were the ones that were lying. 
like they're the ones that had secrets and confessions and they lied about things and Thomason Thomason was actually honest you know I, I do have like a theory about Thomason just the way her mother acted towards her like I thought about it and I'm like I mean it could possibly happen yeah but if I don't think Thomason was Catherine's daughter. I really think that maybe they, it's William's daughter, but maybe William's had a previous wife who passed. And, mm-hmm. you know, Samuel and the twins, and, and Caleb, were their children. But I have, I, I, like, this, the way she treated Thomason, I don't think Thomason was her actual daughter. The other kids may have been her children. Because she, like, had a real fondness for Caleb and the twins and for Sam. But she just, like you said, she had this utter resentment for Thomas. And no matter what she did, even before stuff started happening, you they just didn't have a bond. And I'm thinking, could she not be Catherine's daughter? And maybe, like, a child from a previous mother that passed away or something happened. And, you know, it's William's daughter, but it's not hers. That's how I looked at it. Like, that was my viewpoint of why she treated her so badly. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. it's just, there was no mother-daughter connection in that film whatsoever. No. And that's what I thought. Maybe it's not her kid. Maybe it's her, like a stepdaughter or something. That's why Thompson tells her, you know, let me gain favor in your eyes. Because she's never had it before. That's a, that's a good theory, too. But... One thing I did notice with this film is that you never learn their last name either, which is kind of fine, but when I was writing, trying to write this note at first, when I um, got to the very first part about the judge trying uh, banishing the family, as soon as I got to the, the part in the notes about the family, I was trying to remember what their last name was, and then I was like, wait a minute. So I looked it up on IMDb, uh, and I was just like, oh yeah, he didn't have a last name. Which, I guess they could, they've gotten away with it just because, I mean, I guess they don't, they didn't really need a last name because they weren't really portraying a real family, but, um, Real characters. Yeah, real characters, but, um, I think note-wise it just would have been easier for me, but otherwise it, that's not really too much of a big complaint, but I just felt like it was weird that you didn't really have a last name for this family. You know, I never, I never realized I didn't have a last name. Yeah, they didn't have a last name. Like, <laughs> you never heard what the, never really heard a name, last name from them. And, um, when you go to look it up, there's no last name, so... I don't know. <laughs> forever be a mystery. Yep, forever a mystery. Which, if they did show last names, it would have maybe sh- proved the point of what you were saying about uh, Thomasine not being the uh, their actual daughter. Or, well, Catherine's uh, daughter or something. Maybe it was William's daughter, but I guess we'll never know. But, uh, yeah, so does anybody else have anything real quick 
about the witch that we didn't maybe go over that you guys kind of noticed in the movie? Peppa's shaking her head. No, I think I pretty I much mentioned everything I wanted to. Yeah? Yeah. We were, we were pretty thorough about it. I don't think we missed anything. Um, I guess my little question now would be, uh, before we end this, is, uh, would you guys recommend this movie to your friends or family or whatever in general? Yeah, I would. I would recommend it. It's actually really good. Um, I was surprised actually how much I did like it. Um, and the soundtrack is just phenomenal and it just draws you in and sucks you in. You're just like, oh. But don't do like Crystal did and get up and like walk out of the room during it. Pause the movie. Like we did last night. Like we did last night. When we got up to do stuff, we paused the movie and we got up and did whatever and came back. Unless I knew the <laughs> part and then went in this craze. Bad Crystal. Bad. <laughs> I am out of fence. My kitchen connects to my living room. I just had my back turned. That's all. Nah, I uh-huh. can still hear it. I just mm-hmm. didn't see it. <laughs> you just didn't see uh, Caleb naked in the rain when he was delusional and... Stuff. I didn't. But I guess so now I know what, like, how they found him. Yeah, exactly. Now you know how he was found. <laughs> but uh, so at the last one, last question for you guys: What would you guys rate the film? Uh, one out of five. Five being the best, one being the worst. What would you guys rate it as? Five plus, for sure. I definitely yeah. give it a five. Yeah, I mean, I would give it like a five, five plus, like what you were saying. I just thought the movie was awesome. But on that note, I'm one of the co-hosts, Tessa Baker, and I'm your host, Paul Dolce, and I'm one of the that's right. Congratulations to Crystal for being the new co-host. Woo! Well, one of the new co-hosts, I should say. We don't want to replace Tessa here. Okay, she's like, she's like my, she's like my, she's like my co-pilot. Yeah, she's like a co-assistant. She's like my co-assistant. Well, I am the co-assistant. Yes. But okay, guys, let's try this on the count of three. Ready? We'll say safe period. Count of three. Ready? Everybody, one, two, three, stay scary. scary.